Chapter Fifty of Great Expectations by Charles Dickens. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. My hands have been dressed twice or thrice in the night, and again in the morning. My left arm was a good deal burnt to the elbow, and less severely as high as the shoulder. It was very painful, but the flames had set in that direction, and I felt thankful it was no worse. My right hand was not so badly burnt, but that I could move the fingers. It was bandaged, of course, but much less inconveniently than my left hand and arm. Those I carried in a sling, and I could only wear my coat like a cloak, loose over my shoulders and fastened at the neck. My hair had been caught by the fire, but not my head or face. When Herbert had been down to Hammersmith and seen his father, he came back to me at our chambers, and devoted the day to attending to me. He was the kindest of nurses, and at stated times took off the bandages, and steeped them in the cooling liquid that was kept ready, and put them on again, with a patient tenderness that I was deeply grateful for. At first, as I lay quiet on the sofa, I found it painfully difficult, I might say impossible, to get rid of the impression of the glare of the flames their hurry and noise, and the fierce burning smell. If I dozed for a minute, I was awakened by Miss Havisham's cries, and by her running at me with all that height of fire above her head. This pain of the mind was much harder to strive against than any bodily pain I suffered, and Herbert, seeing that, did his utmost to hold my attention engaged. Neither of us spoke of the boat, but we both thought of it. That was made apparent by our avoidance of the subject, and by our agreeing, without agreement, to make my recovery of the use of my hands a question of so many hours, not of so many weeks. My first question when I saw Herbert had been, of course, whether all was well down the river. As he replied in the affirmative, with perfect confidence and cheerfulness, we did not resume the subject until the day was wearing away. But then, as Herbert changed the bandages, more by the light of the fire than by the outer light, he went back to it spontaneously. I sat with Provis last night, Handel, two good hours. Where was Clara? Dear little thing, said Herbert. She was up and down with Gruff and Grim all the evening. He was perpetually pegging at the floor the moment she left his sight. I doubt if he can hold out long, though, what with the rum and pepper, pepper and rum, I should think his pegging must be nearly over. And then you will be married, Herbert? How can I take care of the dear child otherwise? Lay your arm upon the back of the sofa, my dear boy, and I'll sit down here and get the bandage off so gradually that you shall not know when it comes. I was speaking of Provis. Do you know, Handel, he improves? I said to you I thought he was softened when I last saw him. So you did, and so he is. He was very communicative last night, and told me more of his life. You remember his breaking off here about some woman that he had a great trouble with. Did I hurt you? I had started, but not under his touch. His words had given me a start. I had forgotten that, Herbert, but I remember it now you speak of it. Well, he went into that part of his life, and a dark, wild part it is. Shall I tell you, or will it worry you just now? 
tell me by all means every word herbert bent forward to look at me more nearly as if my reply had been rather more hurried or more eager than he could quite account for your head is cool he said touching it quite said i tell me what provost said my dear herbert it seems said herbert there's a bandage off most charmingly and now comes the cool one makes you shrink first my poor dear fellow don't it but it will be comfortable presently it seems that the woman was a young woman and a jealous woman and a revengeful woman revengeful handled to the last degree to what last degree murder does it strike too cold on that sensitive place i don't feel it how did she murder whom did she murder why the deed may not have merited quite so terrible a name said herbert but she was tried for it and mr jaggers defended her and the reputation of that defence first made his name known to provis it was another and stronger woman who was the victim and there had been a struggle in a barn who began it or how fair it was or how unfair may be doubtful but how it ended is certainly not doubtful for the victim was found throttled was the woman brought in guilty no she was acquitted my poor handle i hurt you it is impossible to be gentler herbert yes what else this acquitted young woman and provis had a little child the little child of whom provis was exceedingly fond on the evening of the very night when the object of her jealousy was strangled as i tell you the young woman presented herself before provis for one moment and swore that she would destroy the child which was in her possession and he should never see it again and then she vanished there's the worst arm comfortably in the sling once more and now there remains but the right hand which is a far easier job i can do it better by this light than by a stronger for my hand is steadiest when i don't see the poor blistered patches too distinctly you don't think your breathing is affected my dear boy you seem to breathe quickly perhaps i do herbert did the woman keep her oath there comes the darkest part of provis's life she did that is he says she did why of course my dear boy returned herbert in a tone of surprise and again bending forward to get a nearer look at me he says it all i have no other information no to be sure now whether pursued herbert he had used the child's mother ill or whether he had used the child's mother well provis doesn't say but she had shared some four or five years of the wretched life he described to us at this fireside and he seems to have felt pity for her and forbearance towards her therefore fearing he should be called upon to depose about this destroyed child and so be the cause of her death he hid himself much as he grieved for the child kept himself dark as he says out of the way out of the trial and was only vaguely talked of as a certain man called abel out of whom the jealousy arose after the acquittal she disappeared and thus he lost the child and the child's mother i want to ask a moment my dear boy and i have done that evil genius compasson the worst of scoundrels among many scoundrels knowing of his keeping out of the way at that time and of his reasons for doing so of course afterwards held the knowledge over his head as a means of keeping him poorer and working him harder it was clear last night that this barbed the point of provis's animosity 
i want to know said i and particularly herbert whether he told you when this happened particularly let me remember then what he said as to that his expression was a round score a year ago and almost directly after i took up with compasson how old were you when you came upon him in the little churchyard i think in my seventh year ay it had happened some three or four years then he said and you brought into his mind the little girl so tragically lost who would have been about your age herbert said i after a short silence in a hurried way can you see me best by the light of the window or the light of the fire by the firelight answered herbert coming close again look at me i do look at you my dear boy touch me i do touch you my dear boy you are not afraid that i am in any fever or that my head is much disordered by the incident last night N no dear boy said herbert after taking time to examine me you are rather excited but you are quite yourself i know i am quite myself and the man we have in hiding down the river is estella's father End of chapter 50